birds that sing in the tallest trees to the human life of you and me from the desert sands to the place we stand he is god of all he is everything Whoa. please remain standing as we read god's word we're going to be reading Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord the God of your fathers has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk, talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, ready to hear your word. We pray that you'll be with Mike as he talks to us today. I pray that we can hear what you want us to hear. I pray this morning that we can think about our parents and uh, the love and support that they've shown us and other adult figures in our lives, Lord. I pray that we can um, glorify you through all that we say and all that we do throughout our week as well. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Rhonda. Good morning. You can be seated. So I feel like, uh, of course, God's not wrong. So we have uh, this commandment that we are going to be speaking about today about honoring our parents. But it feels like uh, it would have been more appropriate to do next week's sermon today that says thou shalt not murder. Uh, we, uh, the news is flooded with uh, in the last week and a, uh, and a half, and especially last night, uh, with two mass shootings where uh, people are waking up today, parents are waking up today, and uh, to the stark understanding that their family member is no longer with them. And so I think uh, we as Christians need to be praying. Uh, there are uh, gospel-centered churches in those communities that, that we need to be lifting up and uh, praying for the victims and the families of, of the mass shootings that we've continued to experience. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, this will be the 250th mass shooting in our country in this year. There is a problem in our culture, and I believe the gospel is the answer. And so let's pray real quick for the families, and let's pray for the churches surrounding uh, Gilroy, uh, surrounding El Paso, and Dayton, Ohio. Father in heaven, we thank you for the grace that you've given us here. We thank you for this family. 
we recognize, God, that there is just evil in our culture and Jesus, but you've overcome this world. And so I pray for the families and the victims of these mass shootings, God, that you would, God, comfort them, that you would heal them, that the gospel would be a source of hope in these families for those who have lost their loved ones, and that Jesus, your spirit, would surround them right now. God, we, we know that you are with us in the middle of the storms in our lives. And so we thank you for your omnipresence in our lives. Father, would you be with the, the churches that surround these communities? Would you bless them and fill them with your spirit? Would you give them all that they need to minister to these families in such hard times? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we thank you guys for being here. Uh, we thank you for all that you did to support the Summer Day Camp. Uh, this, this series was kind of birthed out of that as we had Parent University. We were trying to give the parents real practical ways to, uh, of raising their children in a culture, in our culture. And so three of the classes, one of them was raising our kids in the culture of social media. Like what do we do and how do we respond and, and how are we to parent in those moments? Uh, the second class was was how, or I'm sorry, the first class was, was how do we uh, parent in, in a culture where anything goes? And so where relationships are put to question, where gender is put to question, where sexuality is put to question, where do we, uh, how do we parent in a culture where anything goes? And then the second one was social media. We have that one recorded, it's online. Uh, we didn't have the forethought to record all of them, but um, uh, we were thankful to get the social media one on, on the Vimeo page. And then the third one, was uh was parenting in the culture of bullying and in the day and age where there's bullying and how do we uh, parent in that and so it was a great time we we planned to do these things again but this sermon series was, was kind of birthed out of that that we wanted to to bring parents and families back to the church and give them some practical basic family values that we can live by and so each week we we, we believe that God has placed 10 basic family values that can make a difference in every family's life. And so we are now in week five of a series called Faith, Family, and Freedom. And our aim is just that, to get back to some basic family values to help equip you and our families with these values. And we're going to use the Ten Commandments as we do that. And so we know, as we read in our uh, opening scriptures that if we trust and follow God's commands that things will go well with us that God promises us and we come to the fifth commandment today that does come with the first promise if you have your Bibles open uh, we'll have them up on the screen as well but we're going to open up in Exodus 20 verse 12 and this is what it says it says honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. And so we have a command and we have a promise that if we follow this command that our days will be long, that, that they will be good. The first thing that I notice here is there's no time limit or no age limit wrapped around this commandment. If you are a, a child of a parent, you're always going to be a child of a parent. It just simply says, honor your mother and father. It doesn't say that you only do this when you're a child, or you only do this when you're a teenager. Or you only, no, we do this all the time. It says, honor your parents. Because everybody has parents, we're to honor them. If you're following along in your bulletin, we've provided you uh, each week these things. Uh, this, this leads me to my first observation on parenting this morning. 
that we have to understand that there are no perfect parents. Do you agree with that? That there's no perfect parents, that, that I'm not a perfect parent, you're not a perfect parent. We all have weaknesses and we all have faults. We all are sometimes inconsistent. Uh, you, you even might have the best parents in the whole wide world, or you think that you do, but, but the truth is that they too have made mistakes. They too have messed up. None of us have had perfect parents, and none of us are perfect parents. Now, now, whenever we talk about honoring our parents, we talked about, we actually uh, talked about this when we had this series in 2015 uh, called Love God and Love Your Neighbor. Uh, it was, it, the, the subject came up in community uh, about what about honoring unworthy parents? What does that really look like? Do we honor, are we supposed to really honor parents who uh, are dysfunctional or abuse us? Are we to honor that? This leads me to my next observation on parenting. It's this, that we are to honor the position of parenthood. We are to honor the position of parenthood. There are three primary sources of authority that God has established in our lives. One of them is the home. The other is, is, is uh, where am I? The other is government, right? And the other is the church. So we have the home, the church, and the government. And these are three primary sources that God has placed in our lives. And, this, and he does this for the basis of uh, creating an orderly society. We talked about this just a few weeks ago, that, that God has placed these governments in our culture to help control and to become a, social, to become a, a orderly society. God wants us to honor the position of parenthood regardless of the personality behind it. Did you hear me? The position of parenting should be honored regardless of the personality behind it because there is no perfect parent. And that, that scale, that, that can go from, from good to really, 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 really bad, can it? And the same is true for churches. That we need to respect the authority of the church, the position of the church in our lives, and we also need to respect the position of government. But it can be true that there can be very bad leadership in church just as well as bad leadership in government. We have to respect the position, maybe not the personality, but we must respect the position because God has given us these, place, these sources of authority for us. God wants us to honor the position of parenthood because respect for authority begins in the home. This is super critical when for, for every, children, every child that, we, that they must learn this because it's going to determine how, they, how well they do in school. It's going to determine whether they keep a job down. It's going to determine how they relate to others. If you have a kid that says, I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, they're going to have trouble in their life relating to their teachers. Would you agree? I was one of those kids. <laughs> They're going to have trouble holding a job. They're going to have trouble relating with others if, if their pride is overwhelming them and they haven't learned to be subjective to authority. So this authority, this, this subject to authority begins in the home. God has placed parents in the position of authority over us from the time that we are born and he wants us to respect that position of authority. This leads me to my next observation. How we relate to our parents will affect every other relationship. 
Your relationship with your parents is a major factor in your life. The style of of relating to others is developed in the home. Even as adults, when you guys act uh, strangely or out of order, it it can most times be traced back to how you were raised. Every junior counselor will tell you that. We call it mommy and daddy issues, right? Anybody have those? We call these mommy and daddy issues, but these things are traced back to those. Many marriages are ruined because the spouse has never dealt with their mommy and daddy issues. And they end up taking it out or repeating the same mistakes. They end up taking it out on their spouse, their husband, their wife, or their kids. But there is hope if that's you. I mean, get some counsel get, and get it now. Don't wait if, if there is mommy and daddy issues. I believe the gospel is the answer for mommy and daddy issues, for all of our mommy and daddy issues. And, 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 and we'll get to that and we'll kind of crack that nut this morning as we answer this question. How am I to honor my parents? How am I to honor my parents? I believe it depends on what stage of life you are in. Some of you are children, some of you are young adults, and some of you are older adults. And so I think that uh, uh, the the way we honor our parents applies differently as we age. And so what I want to do is I want to give some application to it, and it will lead me to the first way, if you're following along in your bulletin, it will lead me to the first way that we can honor our parents as a child. As a child, I can honor my parents by obeying and respecting them. Do you agree with that? Yes? Are you guys so hot that you don't want to respond? All right. I'm going to actually start inviting Pentecostal churches in here to influence you so that you can go amen and help me preach. Okay? Uh, But listen, as a child, I can honor my parents by obeying and respecting them. The Bible says this to children. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. As long as you are dependent upon your parents for food, clothing, shelter, and insurance, you're living under the authority of them and you should do that with grace and gratitude. Every child should do that with grace and gratitude. You just should. Because they are loving you and caring for you. If you are dependent upon your parents, the right response to do is, is, is to honor them. And God says it will go well with you. The second way we can honor our parents is this. As a young adult, I can honor my parents by accepting them. This is a touchy one. The older you get, kids become more aware of the faults and the shortcomings of their parents. <laughs> it is so true. Uh, because we have no perfect parents, and uh, this is why, and you can see this transition. Have you ever experienced this if you've had uh, teenagers that they, at some point they, they think that they don't know way more than you know? And then when they turn like 25 or 26, they can't believe how smart you became as a parent in the last five years. They're like blown away. Oh my gosh, man, I told you so, Dad. You're so smart now. There is no perfect parent, and it's important that we learn to accept our parents in spite of their weaknesses. And acceptance doesn't mean that we have to pretend that everything is perfect. Acceptance doesn't mean that we have to ignore their their mistakes. And acceptance doesn't mean that we have to agree with them on everything. 
Your parents have, have been, uh, could have been excellent, and, and your parents could have been not excellent. And, uh, but regardless of, of who they are and how they lived, there's one thing that your parents did for you that no one else has done for you. They have brought you life. And for that reason alone, we should accept them. And not because they're great or they're good, uh, not based on their own behavior, but based on the fact that God has chosen your parents to bring you into this world. And that was God's choice. I believe that wholeheartedly. You're called to accept your parents because God chose them. How do we accept them then? What are some things that we can do to really uh, show that we are accepting our parents? If you're following along your bulletin, the first one is this, that we can listen to them. It sounds really simple, but, but uh, it, it is a huge thing that our parents know that they have some influence and some, some respect and some, that we're actually giving them, some, uh, uh, lending them our ear. When you're out on your own, you're, you're, you're not bound to their advice, but you should listen to them. The book of Proverbs says this. God's, the book of Proverbs is God's wisdom to us. And so he imparts his wisdom to us, and this is what he says. He says, listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. We don't have to, again, we don't have to agree with everything our parents do or say, but, but we can show them the courtesy and the respect by listening to what they have to say. And then don't dismiss everything they have to say. There is years of experience that your parents have gone through that, that perhaps what they are trying to say to you is coming out of a good place and a good heart. And so instead of learning from your mistakes, maybe we can learn from their mistakes and maybe they want to impart some wisdom upon you. And so don't dismiss everything they have to say. And this is a part of a way we can accept them. The second way we can show acceptance is this, and this is a big one, forgive them. We have a tendency to hurt and disrespect the people that are closest to us. We do this intentionally and unintentionally all the time. And I think it's a, the factor is, is because we get comfortable well, with, with our family and the, the proximity. We're just around them all the time, right? I don't know if, if this is you, but it's, it's been me. But <clears throat> I know that I will sit and hold the door for perfect strangers. Like, like four, five, six, seven people. Hi, how are you? Good, have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. But then when my kid comes in, I want to just hold it shut. And, go, <laughs> and, and don't let that thing be a revolving one because I'll hit the emergency button and, and just stay there. Like, ah. Why do we hurt the people and disrespect the people that we love the most? Now, that's a silly example, but the truth is that, that if you live together for any length of time with, with family, you are going to hurt and disrespect one another in your family. So we must learn how to forgive. That effective, effective families must learn how to forgive one another. Forgiveness is God's remedy for those who hurt and disrespect us. And this leads me to the third and probably one of the most important things that we can, in this section here, that we can do to accept one another. We could avoid the bitterness completely. I couldn't think of another word here that, that would really drive this point home than completely. That bitterness is such this self-destructive force and bitterness hurts you more than it hurts the person that has offended you. 
I thank God for very good examples of parenting in, 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 especially in this church. We have some great parents in this church and so grateful. And, and I have, have learned so much from even some of the grandparents and the, and the people that are here and, and even walking alongside of, of some of the, those people that are my age. And it's just been wonderful. It's a testimony of God's grace and mercy. I love to watch how you raise your kids. I love to watch the grandkids as they come around you guys. And, and what, it, what I do is I, I, I glean from that. And it's just a wonderful thing. But for some of us, the thought of honoring our father or our mother by accepting them just turns our stomach because of the experiences that you've gone through in your life. But listen, one way that you could honor your mother and father today is by trusting and choosing to honor God and his plan to bring about justice in the world. That we really need to embrace God's plan, the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's plan to redeem sinful humanity. It sounds impossible that some, for some that have been deeply hurt by our parents, but, but God wants to caution you here that, that unforgiveness and bitterness will keep you from experiencing the fullness of God's grace and his plan. Jesus said this, or, or vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He says, love those who, who persecute you. Serve those who are set to do evil upon you. And that includes your parents. You see, we, we, we don't want to be attached to this. Like, uh, this is a failure of trusting that God will right every wrong. Christian author jo- uh, Joanna Weaver, you've heard me quote this before, it says, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Forgiveness and faith in God is the anti-venom for bitterness. You see, forgiveness is is God's way of healing and cleansing you of the effects of sin that has been caused by abusive parents. This is God's plan, and and it works. God knows that that you can't carry the burden of sin that that has been affected to you, that has has affected you. I've quoted this for you. Well, listen to this. Jesus speaks about sin this way as slavery. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Forgiveness is God's way of freeing you. Do you need to be freed today of some of the burdens of your past? Some of the things that have been happening to you? It is God's plan to do this for you through Jesus. Forgiveness is the grace that God gives us to release a parent who has sinned against us and place them into the capable hands of God. And he will either forgive them of their sin by transferring their punishment to Christ in the cross, by saving them, or justice will be served on every parent who, is, who has touched God's kids. He's a good father. Not only a loving and merciful and graceful one, but he's one who protects us too. And he doesn't let evildoers and people who will hurt us go free. He made a way through his son. God's perfect plan. He knows that your sin, the sins of your past and the burdens that you carry. And he knows that they are too heavy for you to handle. And so he sends us Jesus to handle this for us. 
Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Do you believe it? He takes away the sins of abusive parents. He takes away the sins of abusive grandparents. He takes away the sins of the world. If you believe that, then, then forgive and be freed from the bitterness that Satan wants to continue to poison your souls with. No more bitterness because we're believing in the, the power of the cross. Now God does not erase our past but it is through forgiveness that God redeems our past and blesses our future. I've wrote this in your bulletin. Uh, it's a quote that I've been quoting for years. I can't remember where I got it from, but it, I think it's really good. And I want you guys to meditate on this and just these truths that, 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 it's, that, that is contained in it. It is through forgiveness that God releases us from the hope that the past can be any different. Your past is not going to change. And it is forgiveness that releases us from the hope that the past can be any different. And forgiveness becomes the vehicle that God uses to take us into a future that can be transformed by the grace of God. Amen? We are, we are to accept our parents by listening to the, what they have to say, by extending forgiveness to our parents, and then by guarding ourselves and releasing them into the gods of, regarding ourselves of bitterness, by releasing them into God's hands, into God's perfect plan. The Bible says this, rejoice in, in the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Modeling forgiveness is so important because there are no perfect parents. And this will teach our children that there is grace for their mistakes. We have lived this out in our own home. We've seen it manifest in our own home. It works and God's plan is perfect. If you want to see a change in the way your children honor their parents, it begins with a radical shift in your own heart. And believing in God's plan. The next way we can honor our parents is number three in your bulletin is this. As a young adult, I can honor my parents by appreciating. It should be appreciating. My, sorry about my grammar. Appreciating them. It is easy to take our parents for granted. Uh, some of you have been amazing parents and it's easy for you to appreciate them. Uh, for some, not so much, right? We've been talking about that a lot today. But I believe that there is at least two things that we can appreciate about our parents from the foundationally. And the first one is this, that we can appreciate their effort. We can appreciate their effort. Parenting is difficult, it's time consuming, it's energy draining, do you agree? Yes, right? As parents of two boys, uh, we had our hands full. And then we watched families that had like nine kids. And it's like, well, how do you do it? I, I don't know how you do it. Uh, even in their 20s, it requires a lot. I mean, we've experienced some of the, that pressure being taken off as they are, are, are taking on their own responsibility, and it's a wonderful thing. But, but the, when was the last time that you thanked your parents for putting up with you? <laughs> how much did you, were you a burden on your parents, and, and how much effort did they put into your parenting? Another way that we can appreciate our, uh, our parents is this, that we can appreciate their sacrifice. Do you guys realize how expensive it is? Uh, of course you do. If you're a parent, you know how expensive it is to raise your kids, right? The, econ the economics are staggering. Uh, the cost to raise a child to maturity in America today, in today's, is a quarter million dollars. Can you believe that? A quarter million dollars to raise one child. And so how many kids do you have? <laughs> That's a lot of money. Somebody said that a father is somebody who, who carries pictures in the place where they used to carry money. <laughs> right? It costs a lot to 
raise kids and so we should appreciate their sacrifice just think of what your parents has done for you think about the money that they've spent on clothes to put on your back and food to put in your stomach and money spent on education your education we should appreciate their sacrifice number four another reason why we could appreciate our parents is this the next this or the next way we can honor our parents is this as we get older and so we saw as a child a young adult and now that we are getting older and, and this is a this is a real one that was really spoken to me uh, especially this it, from this church my experiences in this church is that we are a multi-generational uh, church and we have from babies uh, you remember what i said from diapers to diapers <laughs> I know that's fine. I shouldn't say it. But, but it's true. We have a really a, a huge generational uh, blessing in this church. And as we get older, we are to honor our parents by affirming and occur, encouraging them. For, for, for parents, as we grow older, they, they, as parents grow older, they're less respected. Uh, their, their friends are, 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 most of their friends are in their, most of their life's in the review mirror and, and their friends are leaving them as they go home to be with the Lord. Um, they're, they're typically not active in the marketplace and, and that, you know, a lot of people in our culture find their identity in what they do, not just simply who they are. And I think that's a gospel issue too. We need to find our identity in Christ as we grow older. But we're constantly trying to, I mean, our parents need to know that they are appreciated Sometimes this leads to people having very lonely lives that, and our aging parents need to hear from us. They need to know that we care about them. They need to know that they, have, they need to, they, they want to make a positive contribution into our lives and they need to be affirmed. There's lots of ways that we can do that, but I'm going to give us a few here. One way is this, that you can affirm your parents by staying connected to them. And this is sometimes hard to do in the busyness of our lives, isn't it? I know I was just talking to Lindy this morning. I used to go twice a week to go visit uh, some of the, the, the elderly that are shut in and, then, and, and that can't come to church. And, and so, and, and I got into a good routine about doing that. And then the busyness of my schedule just took over. And I need to, re, I need to reschedule. I need to put priorities first. I need to get back into visiting uh, our, our elderly in this church. But we need to stay connected to them. Every time you write a letter, send a card, make a call, pay a visit, uh, you're obeying this command to honor your mother and father. They want, you, they want to know what's going on in your life, and, and it's, a, it's a genuine source of blessing in their life when you stay connected to them. The Bible says this, it says, do not with, withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to act. Last week we talked about Sabbath rest and, and Tim, Tim said this, God has given you all the time you need in this life to do everything he's called you to do. And one of them is to honor your parents. And so what is then now dominating your schedule that it actually takes away from honoring your parents and visiting them and staying connecting to them, staying connected to them. I love uh, uh, Sheila when she talks about, you know, if you didn't send me flowers <laughs> while I was alive, don't send them to my funeral. I love that, right? Because you, you, you want to spend time. I think flowers are better bought for the living instead of the dead. And so spend some time buying, buying your parents some flowers or, or send them a card while they're alive. Uh, the Bible says that the, that the way we treat our family is a tangible demonstration of our faith. Listen to, listen to Timothy, the, Paul's word to Timothy. He says, if anyone does not 
provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. Is that like, that's some pretty strong language, isn't it? But this is what God would call us to do. It's a, it's a shameful tragedy whenever uh, family disregard their aging parents. I just believe it. And I know that the busyness of life sometimes takes over, and there's grace for that, there's forgiveness for that, but we just need to realign our schedules if you're in that space. Part of being a Christian is to take care of our families. Here's what Paul wrote to Timothy again about honoring our parents. He says, but if a widow has, a, has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for our family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. It's interesting if you know the, the gospel story and the, the, when Jesus was on the cross uh, dying for the sins of the world, he, he on the cross made provisions for uh, his aging mother. He wanted to be sure that she was cared for after uh, he was gone. And so he looked down and one of the seven statements from the cross was calling John to take care of his mom. In his dying day, John, take care. Woman, this is your son. Son, this is your mom, is what he said. Again, for some of us, admittedly, this is a message that is real difficult to hear. It's easy to honor your parents if you have good, godly parents. But for some, it's tough when we don't have good, godly parents. And um, I want you to know that the Bible says that there is severe judgment, again, for those who would harm a child through abuse, neglect, mistreatment, molestation, the list goes on. Jesus says this, he says, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who trusts me to lose their faith, it would be better for you to tie a rock to your neck and be thrown into the sea. That's Jesus' words. He cares about you. <clears throat> These verses, uh, this verse right here tells me how important it is to be a parent. The importance and the seriousness of the responsibility. It's not to be taken lightly. For those who have been abandoned and abused, I want you to know we have a good father who's in heaven. I want you to know that God assumes the responsibility for abandoned and abused parents. Look at uh, uh, our children. Listen to this, what the Bible says. He says, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Isn't that good news for us? This is good news for those who have been abused by parents. Regardless of your circumstances, you have a heavenly father and he is perfect and he loves you unconditionally. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will take you in. He wants you to become part of his family. He wants you to be, to be comforted in knowing that he'll never leave you. He'll always give you what you need. He'll discipline you when you need it because he loves you. He wants you to know him and he wants you to know him through his son, Jesus. You know, the truth is that, to be completely honest, it is absolutely impossible to, to honor our parents perfectly. And this leads me to the fifth uh, thing in your outline. That like the rest of the law, the fifth commandment reminds us that we need a savior. And so it says, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty in full for our breaking the fifth commandment. But Jesus did way more than that. Not only did he not break the commandment, but he kept the commandment on our behalf. That it was not enough for Jesus just to pay the price for our sin. He also offered perfect obedience to the father. He was the perfect son in our 
place. He was the perfect child. Jesus honored his earthly parents right to the end of his life. He was the perfect child who honored his earthly parents and honored his heavenly father. And the great news about Jesus is that God does not accept us upon what we do or don't do. But he accepts us upon what Christ has done in our behalf. And when Christ kept the fifth commandment, he kept it for you. And so he gives you this forgiveness. He gives you this status between the Lord. And that frees you to live by the Holy Spirit, honoring our mothers and fathers. This week we have communion. And we're going to invite the communion team up, family communion. And really I want you to contemplate as it's handed out what Christ has really done for you. And if there is sin that you need to confess, I just want you to do it as you sit there and these come in. Because, again, there's no perfect parents, but there's grace for imperfect parents. There's no perfect children, but there is grace for imperfect children because of Jesus. And as we come to the communion table, we will remember what Christ has done for us. Amen? The Bible says that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through him. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. As we come to the Lord's Supper, we celebrate the feast of remembrance that, on the, that our Lord Jesus Christ perfectly fulfilled the law. He was the perfect kid. He obeyed the law perfectly. He obeyed his parents in the present. He obeyed his heavenly father in the kingdom. He perfectly fulfilled the law even to death on the cross. And because of God's eternal covenant of grace, we are accepted. And we will never be forsaken. We come to commune with the same Jesus who has promised to be with us always. That he has given us his spirit that we may be empowered to honor our parents, to parent our children, and, for, and, and God is with us. Christ is the true bread who nourishes us and the vine whom which we must live if we want to bear this type of fruit. The Holy Spirit unites us into one body in the communion with all the saints. So we receive this supper in Christ's love and our affection for one another. We come hoping, believing that as surely as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we'll be raised from death to life. That there is hope. There is hope if you've never had a perfect earthly parent. There is hope because we have Jesus. And there is a hope of a future where there'll be no more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. This is the Lord's table that we come to today. Just want to take a moment just to confess. You can do it silently if you want, where you sit. And just confess your sin, your heart to God and thank Him for this. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your perfect sacrifice. I thank you for living the life that I should have but couldn't. I thank you for dying the death that I should have but didn't. I confess, God, that I am not a perfect parent. Thank you for the forgiveness and the acceptance through the cross for me. God, I confess that I don't have perfect children. 
Help me to forgive them and to love them and to care for them and to model what it means that there is grace for our mistakes. Most importantly, Lord, draw them to yourself that they may know the true love of a father. Help us as fathers and mothers, Lord, to, to be filled with your spirit that we may honor you in this life. Help us as children to honor our parents. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, he sat around with his family, his brothers, and he took bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body. It'll be broken for you for the forgiveness. It'll be broken for you. It'll be punished for you. That there's no more punishment that needs to happen. I'm doing this in exchange for you. Family, take the bread. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. This is what I'm doing. This is my plan. I want you to embrace my plan of redemption for the world. How have you been re reconciling the problems in your world? Or, or are you just staying bitter? It's interesting that Jesus used wine here to say, this is my blood. It would be a bitter taste in the person's mouth, but at the same time be sweet knowing what Christ has done for us. That his plan can redeem us. We can put bitterness to death because we believe that Christ was punished enough for all the sins of the world, that his blood was shed to cover all of your sins and all of your parents' sins. That no more blood needs to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take the cup. He says, when you do this, continue to do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray and we're going to continue to worship. We have prayer walls in the back. We want to be praying for you. Again, if you have mommy and daddy issues, we want to be helping you. We've got counselors and, and pastors and, and elders that would love to come alongside you and counsel you. And, and then we have uh, resources that can totally help you. That's what we want to. But we have prayer walls in the back that you can pray to. Write your prayers down. We'll be praying for you all week. And then we're going to come back. We're going to stand and we're going to worship a great God who went through great lengths to save families. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the grace that you've given us to be here this morning. Thank you for this church family. I pray that what we heard today, God, that you will take it and not just inform us, but transform us by what we have heard today. By your spirit, Lord, would you transform our hearts to honor our parents and to be good kids. Would you transform our kids to honor their parents. We love you in Jesus' name.